Welcome everyone to our first episode of Gibbons Leads. We've got Gabby here and Brent as well, and we're really excited to host our first guest, Annette J. Brent, why don't you tell us a little bit about Annette and her history at Cardinal Gibbons? So we thought Annette was a great pick for our first interview. Annette uh, retired last year. Up until then, she was our longest tenured employee at Cardinal Gibbons High School. She was our registrar, most notably. Uh, a lot of times you don't think of a registrar as this big leader, right? It's not a fancy title. But she truly was the right hand to not only Mr. Curtis, who was our last principal, but also to Brother Michelle and the brothers. And she was the historian for Cardinal Gibbons High School, but really just rock solid in terms of a person, in terms of having humility and care. She's fantastic at managing and growing relationships. And she was really the first person that a lot of people met when they came to Gibbons. We all love her tremendously. Uh, All of our leaders here at Gibbons, she has great relationships with. So we thought that she was uh, just a great person for us to start with. Absolutely. And she has a great account of kind of the change of leadership, the evolution of leadership at our school, and has kind of been the the face and the eye kind of seeing everything as it's changed. So we'd love to welcome our first guest, Annette Jay. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Glad to be here. I guess we'll start off with a softball. How is retirement treating you? Great. It's good. Life is good. I'm enjoying having the free time. But I miss Gibbons, but I'm still a little bit involved. Uh, being on the search committee for the new head of school. So that's been good. Yeah, we, we were thinking about who could open us up, and we thought that you should be easy to book because you're retired, and here we are. Yeah. You're not, yeah. you're not staying busy. Away. Yeah. I guess we want to start with asking you, when we think about Mrs. J, really think that you're someone who has an extremely special gift when it comes to relationships. Where do you think that came from, or where did you learn that from, Is that something that you do intentionally, or is it just about who you are? Could you just kind of explain to us how that came about? Well, I think it came about just from being here. When I started working here, I was 27, and I kind of felt like I was growing up here uh, among my peers, and being one of the point people of the office, uh, I was available to everyone, and I took an interest in getting to know people. I'm really not an outgoing person. I'm a little bit shy if, if I'm with people that I don't really know. So I'm not a person to go up to a group and, hey, look who I am. And so that's not me. So I would say it was, it was just something that evolved with my job. And I became uh, the person that a lot of people needed to go to for family needs, time off, whatever questions they might have for the administration. And I was there and just developed relationships with people at every opportunity. That was a part of my job and a part of my faith journey, getting to know people, talking about them and their their faith and their relationship to the school. And we all had a common thing and that we loved Cardinal Gibbons. I think you can't be here long without feeling that special bond of, hey, we're Gibbons. And then with the brothers, it just became easier because they were so just so full of meeting people where they are and just accepting people. So I think that was kind of how it evolved. So the brothers, if you could share with us, they came in the 90s and were with us through the early 2000s. Could you kind of paint a picture of maybe their leadership style 
and maybe what the school looked like before they came and what they changed when they first got right. here? Well, the school was, we didn't know from year to year, starting in 1978, if we would remain open. We were, uh, the enrollment was not great. We had like 23 on our faculty and staff. We had a principal who was a nun and myself who was a part-time secretary. Um, I started working here when my kids were in school and I worked around their schedule in kindergarten and first grade. Had the summers off, come June 15th to August 15th, we shut down completely. Nobody was at school. The sisters went back to Chardon where they were from. And it was really just, it was a good place to be. It was, it was always a good school. And the community was small and we, we, we all got along and it was good. We just were lacking the leadership to build the school, and so it was the buildings were falling apart, and we didn't have the money to keep them up. And so the board saw a need for us to get somebody in here who could lead us in the direction of building a new school and saving the school, and they had to make that decision. Is it worth it? Is this what we want to do? And that's really how it all happened. Uh, one of the priests, Father David McBriar, knew um, the brothers, he had a connection to the Franciscan brothers of Brooklyn, and he um, got on the ball and asked if they could come here, a couple of them. And so in 1994, that's how we got Brother Michelle and Brother Gary as principal and vice principal. And when they came in, we just knew they were special. They were not demanding, they were just, as I said, accepting us where we were and, and meeting us there and saying, where can we go, what can we do, here's what. We have a plan, here's our vision, let's do this. We're gonna build this school. And all the parents just bought in. So the money came in and um, in just a few years, the enrollment was through the roof and we were, we were building, we were on this campus in 1999. So that's how it all got started. They were just wonderful people, totally different people. Brother Michelle was very loving, kind, generous. If you admired something that he had in his office, you'd leave the office with it, he'd just give it to you. He was just unlike any leader you've ever seen in that he would come in the morning in my office and you know, sit down, how's it going, honey? Now, you know, no other boss can call you honey and get away with it when you're working uh, in a place, but he could and he was just so endearing and we all loved him. I don't know a single person who didn't love Brother Michelle. He'd pat you on the back a lot. You were very, felt very appreciated. And Brother Gary was more the, okay, let's take this, let's get this done. And you know, he was more demanding. So they worked together. Their two styles really worked together well for, to benefit the school. And that's kind of how um, all of this got started to be where we are here today. So thinking about those relationships you talked about and the relationships you built with the brothers, how do you feel like that has evolved in over the time that they left, Jason Curtis came in to where the school is today? How do you feel like those relationships have shaped the culture that we have at Cardinal Gibbons that you kind of see now? Well, I think they get credit for that. The, the brothers, when Jason came in, he was a teacher here. Uh, he moved in, he's this young guy, he's teaching theology and, and uh, social studies. And, you know, we, we know that he was special right from the beginning. And remember this time, it was myself, the two brothers, a bookkeeper. We didn't have a lot of other people going on like we do now, uh, but there was just three or four of us in the office. So 
they identified Jason as somebody that they saw as a leader right away. He had taken some initiatives with trying to get um, a better rate for family coverage for insurance for the diocese. Not that they had asked him to, but it was kind of a lot of money for these teachers at that time, the young teachers who had families. And he just said, you know, we got to do something about this. This is, we got to, this is too much. What can we do? So he called a meeting and, and said, hey, you know, if you want to come talk about this, I'm going to, he had permission, of course, from Brother Michelle to do this. And so I went into the meeting. I didn't have insurance here. Well, I did, but mine was covered um, because it was just me. My husband had his own, and we weren't involved in the family coverage, which many people did, and it was very expensive, and I'm sure it still is. But um, Brother Michelle asked me to go in and just hear what Jason had to say because he didn't want to be there uh, to seem like he was interfering, but he also wanted it to be a little bit controlled mm -hmm. in case that he heard about it later from the diocese. So... It was good. Jason handled it really well. But Brother Michelle and Brother Gary really saw Jason as this leader that they could groom to be an administrator. And so they, about, I don't even know, a couple years after he was here, I guess, they brought him in as an assistant principal. And so then we had the principal, vice principal, and an assistant principal. So that was it. He was also teaching four classes a day, so I could see him getting burned out, and, and yet I, I knew too that he had all the skills to be the person to lead the school and to certainly help the brothers, and they needed help in, in the areas that he was assigned, and he was coaching. and So it really was, um, they, they saw what, he, what the gifts he had, and we brought him on, and he was burning out, and I just said to Brother Michelle, you know what? We're going to lose him if we're not careful because he's really got too much. He's carrying a load. He's got a family. So he took some couple of his classes away, and he still taught too. And then after the brothers, um, Brother Gary decided he was going to leave because he always said, once we get everybody in the school, for about a year I'm probably going to leave because they need to prepare for us to be gone. We came here to build the school. We've done that and you know we're going to leave. So then he was asked to be the principal at St. Anthony where he had come from. So he went back there. Brother Michelle was like, I want to stay for a while longer. And of course we were happy to hear that because we wanted to keep him forever. <laughs> so he stayed and then he, uh, he came to me and said, what do you think about making Jason Curtis an assistant principal? And I said, I think he'd be great. And there was absolutely no reason for me to believe otherwise. He, Jason was just always a true leader. And he, um, the brothers helped him to learn their way, the Franciscan way, of doing things. And he was very open to that. And, you know, was, he had come up through Catholic schools, so he knew a little about Catholic schools and the church. And um, so I give Jason, uh, I give the brothers credit for teaching Jason and grooming him the way they did. And then for him being able to eventually take over when Brother Michelle left. It was to be a president-principal model, and it didn't work out with the president being transferred not long after, I think he was here a year. And then Jason was left doing it all, so he was kind of left doing both jobs. And Brother Michelle was really disappointed in that because he felt bad. He felt like it was too much for Jason to take on the whole thing, being new as an administrator and having a family, and you know, he always thought family was so important. And as it turned out, Jason handled it all beautifully. Brother still felt bad, but it all worked out, as, as you know. 
and uh, he had the vision to take us to where we are today and and Brother Michelle was very pleased with everything that Jason did so that was um, it was all a, a blessing for the school and for Jason and for the brothers for all of us yeah. so it seems like mentorship was a big part of absolutely kind of keeping the legacy of Gibbons right? yes. as, the, as the leaders kind of changed I think the the general heart of the school stayed, and a lot of that has to do with right. the mentorship that the brothers gave to Jason, and I'm sure to to all of us. A lot of people yes. that still mm-hmm. that still work here. So, so what brings you back? You know, we, we see this a lot with people that have retired and moved on to career. So, what is it about this place that that continues to kind of bring you back here? And well, Gibbons is a special place, as y'all know. You're back too uh, from being students, but I just you know. I came here at 27, I'm, I left when I was 68, and I just, that's a big chunk of your life to devote to a place. And my family felt like they were a part of Gibbons always. I felt like it was a part of my family. It, it's, it was my faith community, certainly I belonged to a church, but I got more spiritually, I think, from being here than any other place, um, a church or Bible study or any of that. And I just feel like, this was is home, you know. It's it's a part of my life that I knew when I retired, and obviously I put it off as long as I could. And I don't think I could. I told Jason when I was going to retire. I said, you know, I couldn't. Brother Michelle died September second, and at the end of September, I said to Jason, this is going to be my last year. And he was shocked because he thought I'd have another couple years at least. And and it was time. My husband had retired before me. I just said, you know, I couldn't have retired as long as Brother Michelle was living because I felt like I owed it to him to be here. Uh, I was his connection here, one of them. I was the one he could ask, how's Jason really doing? And I'd tell him. (laughs) And, um, you know, so I just felt like I owed it to him to be here, and I loved being here. Uh, It's a wonderful community. We have great people to work with. As I said, it's like a part of your family. When you have a loss, I lost both my parents while I was here, both my in-laws, and people turned out like, it's just unbelievable. My mother died on a a night where we had had a lot of ice and snow and we we were having the wake during that time and the conditions weren't much better. And there was a line outside the funeral home all the way wrapped around standing in parts of ice of Gibbons people there for me. And that's just unheard of today. I mean, they had every excuse. It's too messy outside. I don't need to go. And yet they were there. And that just, that's how Gibbons is. You know, they've always been, for me at least, thats they've always nurtured me. And I've tried to nurture them in return. And so it's all a win-win. And I could never have just walked away from here and never come back. Uh, when I retired, I said, I'm not moving away. I'm going to still be involved. Little did I know that I'd be on a search committee and just a couple months after that um, and, and here doing this. So um, I plan to stay as connected as I can without being in the way. I don't want to be in the way, but we love, my husband and I love the athletics programs and we're here uh, for, for games and, and we just like being a part of that and certainly are welcome. I feel as welcome when I walk in here um, almost a year later as any other time that I've ever walked in to do my job here. So that says a lot about the community. I wouldn't have been here for 40 years had it not been a great place to work. So we believe that uh, leadership can be cultivated. I think that's one of the reasons that Gabby spends so much time 
uh, with our students, whether it's through a leadership conference or a Chick-fil-A Leadership Academy or advising our athletic leadership groups. You've gotten to have a front row seat to watch so many people at this place grow as leaders, uh, whether it's Dean Monroe or whether it's Jason Curtis. Can you maybe share a little bit about maybe an individual where they started and, and how they grew and how maybe you watched them grow as a leader? Uh, let's see, that's a tough one because there's so many, so many that have come through here. And I think whether you're uh, being groomed to be a leader or not, everybody leaves here with some leadership abilities that they never had thought about having or, or, or had thought about that, that they would learn and, and take them with them. But I will say one person um, is Mike Rogosich. Uh, you know, I knew Mike from ninth grade until today. Uh, and Mike has, he was a kid uh, in school who was always, he was never in trouble, but he was uh, always very um, into things and giving the teachers a hard time in a good way. He had a, a way of doing it without being in trouble and being funny and everybody liked him, but he was that kid. And when he left here, I never dreamed he'd be coming back here to teach and especially not ever to be an administrator. So that's been a really good thing for me to see. Um, I knew Mike's family, his siblings went here, knew his parents, his mother was always involved as a volunteer. And when he came back, because I believe of Brother Gary in particular's tutelage, he just followed him and, and there again, Brother Gary groomed him to be the leader he is today. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that's where it came from. He has a, a lot of Brother Gary's ways, which are endearing to me because I love Brother Gary. Some other people around here probably think, where is this coming from? You know, who is this guy? But uh, I love seeing that and the impact that Brother Gary in particular had on him. But also, Brother Michelle um, had a, a special way with, with Mike too, but Brother Gary was his guy. So that was really neat to see, and, and I don't have to tell you today, he's a leader here. He, um, uh, I talked to him just last night about what a great job I think he and Mike Curtola and Nancy are doing, and that with Jason leaving and with this interim year, there's not, they haven't missed a beat that I've heard about or seen, and I think everything's going really well. That's a credit to him, that's a credit to Nancy and Mike, it's also a big credit to Jason and the brothers who built it to this point and left it so that when Jason walked out six months after he gave his notice, we haven't missed a beat. As far as I can tell, everything's going great. So he's, he's one, first one that would come to mind, I think. So you've witnessed a lot of different kinds of leaders come through this school, from educators and administrators, and you've already talked about kind of the differences in Brother Gary and Brother Michelle and kind of different styles of leadership. If you could think about somebody that you consider a leader, what are kind of those key qualities that stand out to you that really, no matter kind of maybe their personality or their demeanor, but what are those kind of like things that they have in common to you that though they might have a different style, these people that are leaders kind of have these qualities in common? I think that first of all, they have to be caring of others. I think they need to be a little bit humble, show some humility. They have to um, be able to make friends with people and uh, be able to sit down and, and talk and not be shy. Although a good leader can, can take the shyness away from somebody and they can themselves become a leader. But I think 
a desire to be that person. My uh, second grade grandson, his teachers in kindergarten, first grade, and this year have all said he's a leader. And I said to my son and daughter-in-law, that's one of the best things that can be said about him in these years. Um, and you know, if he just keeps that up and is a leader, that's going to just mean so much. So I loved hearing that. Um, so even in kindergarten, you know, I think these people are kind of identified as potential leaders. And I'm, I'm not sure, I'm sure I don't know what all the characteristics are that they need to have to be identified as that. But I think educators are pretty good at, at picking them out. But I think most people can be groomed in a way that with the, somebody to lead them, such as what you're doing in, in your position and you, can be led to, to be great leaders of, of the school and in life in general and all areas of, of their lives. If we could ask you one last question, do you simply have any advice for Gabby and I and the rest of our school as we move forward and how we can best do so? Well, I mentioned the, the humility side of it. I think, every, I think people are more prone to follow somebody who's humble and kind than somebody who's very demanding and um, arrogant. Uh, I've seen, I've seen uh, leaders in <laughs> every day, you watch the news, you see it. Um, and I just think if, if you want to bring people in, you meet them where they are, you show them love, and they'll follow you, and they'll follow your lead, and they'll do whatever you want them to do, and they'll be happy doing it, and you'll be happy. So that would be my advice. Great. Well, thanks so much for your time and your perspective. It's so great to hear a little bit from your end, especially having been here so long. It's, it's great to kind of see the bigger picture of, of the rich history that the school has and how much you've got to witness. And I'm sure this won't be the last time that we bring you on here to share some of your perspective of how Gibbons has gone to where it is today. So thank you so much okay. for being here. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks, Ms. Jay.